1: You're listening to the Auburn
0: Express. What's up in War Eagle, War Report family? It's your guy Ike Jones. We're here. Another morning drop. We're talking about new DB from the JUCO ranks. Chancellor Anthony has signed on with the Auburn Tigers. Y'all know how we do right here, War Report style. We got to discuss it. Let's drop it on them. Morning drop time. is Monday, June the 5th. I am here this morning, Ike Jones with B Will, and we're talking a little bit about the new transfer. Juco, defensive back out of Tyler Community College in Texas. Chancellor Anthony B. Will, how you feeling this morning, man?
1: Feeling all right. Feeling like we might actually be done with off-season additions, with this, with this signing. But, you know, we, I guess we'll see. We can't really say
0: what Hugh Freeze is going to do. Including the freshmen that have come in with this class, this will make the 42nd new addition to this roster, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is crazy. Like, that is half a roster, it's half a roster. Scholarship, yeah. folks. Hugh Freeze is already a champ. Got a champ for Auburn. We're done. <laughs> done. He's done. Done yeah. deal. We can all go home. Grab it all up. Good job, Coach. But yeah, no, Chancellor Anthony, not a lot to really talk about in regards to what he's done already. We can talk what he could potentially do. Only played in four games at uh, Tyler Community College. I don't even have his high school stuff over here from Rivals. I don't know what he was in high school, man. But um, <laughs> but yeah, what, what the scouting report says on this young man is that he is a ball hawk. Right. Like he's got in four four games, only four games. He did get one interception, a couple of pass breakups, uh, a willing tackler. I think he's likely going to be playing a little safety for Auburn, maybe a little slot corner um slash um nickelback. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's probably where I see him fitting in with the scheme of what's going on. But do you have any information about young Mr. Anthony? No, no additional information on top of
1: that. I know that again, he didn't play a lot last year. So we don't have a full season of work for him to say, hey, here's who he is or who he can be. Now, right. granted, one interception in four games, if we're tracking against Auburn's defensive backfield the last couple of seasons, while we even when we defended well with the Roger McCreary on the on the roster two seasons ago, interceptions was not something we got a lot of. So if we do have somebody who's a ball hawk, if you want to extrapolate that to say he gets three to four picks over the course of a season, that's phenomenal for, from one defensive back. So it seems if we got somebody who can also get their hands on the ball because he has some pass breakups as well, then that's what you need. We've had outstanding cover corners who are going to keep close to their man and make it hard for them to get uh, get get the catch and get the ball. That is not the same as having a nose for the ball and knowing how to get into passing lanes. That's another very important skill set all in itself. I think about like a Carlton Davis. He was not a guy who was going to be a hawk for the ball, but he was going to be on his man-like glue. Um, Roger McCreary had a little bit of both in him, honestly, but Roger McCreary, primarily, he's going to stick to his man-like glue. And the same thing for DJ James. The last time, I'm trying to think the last ball hawk
0: DB we had, who was just like, I'm going to get the ball. Yeah, I don't know, man. Mm. there, There has not been a guy who I can think of as just like a ball hawk um out there like we you know we've got a couple of guys in auburn history that have got a lot of interceptions but it's Mm -hmm. been a very long time since i could say that that's been something um so yeah i think the 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 thing with auburn in general is just the necessity to have more of a pass rush to try to allow those guys the opportunity Mm -hmm. you know you know who i want to say is going to be that ball hawk this year mr scott Yeah, you know, my my guy, Keontae Scott, Mm -hmm. I think he's going to get that opportunity to go out there and do it, especially in this defense where he's going to be playing the star position. If you guys have not seen, uh, did an interview with Keontae Scott um, that's up on the channel right now. So make sure that you guys go and check that one out. But, you know, he's a guy who I anticipate having some opportunities in this defense just because of what position he's playing and the way that they want to feature uh, you know, it's called the star for a reason, right? Yeah. Christian Tut was a guy I think that was pretty opportunistic. I, I,
1: I was thinking Tut. I was thinking Tut honestly. Um, his last season wasn't great, but our defensive last season wasn't great in 2020 when he was here. But, yeah, he had a nose for the ball. And I thought he did, he did a very good job back there um, taking advantage of what was, again, 2019 was the year that he shined. But a pass rush. We could pressure the quarterback like... A, the best that year than we had in quite a few years um, because of the per- the inside presence of, of DB and also Marlon Davidson on that line. So, listen, if we can create the pressure, of course you need defensive backs who can take advantage of that. This s- seems to be one of them. You create the pressure. Here's a guy who's going to make a quarterback pay for it. So, they're filling out that roster. And similarly, or, or funnily enough, the defensive back from New Mexico... Or is it New Mexico State? I can't remember. That we ended up not signing, also had some pretty good contact with the ball. Oh. New Mexico State, yeah. Yeah. He had some pretty good numbers, uh, stats of making contact with the ball. So apparently they're going for a specific skill set here, a defensive back. We've got it's almost as if they have a type. It's almost as if they have a type. <laughs> <laughs> Where where have I heard that? Somebody's mentioned that before on here. I yeah, uh, can't somebody. remember. But yeah, to your point, I you said it
0: weeks ago. You Freeze has a type. But this is more strategic to how you build a defense, right? Are you going to yeah, build? This is this is a Ron Roberts type, though, right? Like, he yeah. has a particular kind of defensive back that he wants to play in the schemes. And I think that, you know, I, listen, to say a coach has a type is not, like, some groundbreaking analysis, right? Like, right. every coach has particular types. When you think about the uh, what Pete Carroll was doing up in Seattle with the Legion of Boom, mm-hmm. right? Like, that defense, they they— kind of pioneered having the, the taller defensive backs right, and, and the style of defense that they wanted to play. Uh, you know, speaking of a chancellor, right? Like mm-hmm. they had Cam Chancellor that that box safety that was really kind of a hybrid linebacker, linebacker. safety. Yeah. Right? Like that was something that they pioneered with that defense at the NFL level mm-hmm. and then a bunch of teams started mimicking it, right? So coaches having types, that's not unusual. Right. Coaches have particular things that they want to do with their skin that fit well and... A lot of them try to do something that's novel in that scheme that hasn't been done before and have particular styles of players that fit it really well. And once they find the right combination of guys in certain spots, right, the tall DBs, again, in the Legion of Boom with that box safety, now everything else around it just kind of works in a particular way. You get your defensive lineman that, you know, we're going to play whether it's going to be three down lineman or a four down lineman. We need particular, you know, we need zero tech, one tech, two tech, whatever we want to do with our scheme right now in San Francisco, they use the wide nine, right? So that fits Mm -hmm. really well with what Bosa does. If we're going to line them up way outside of the tech, right? It's just teams have types, right? Like coaches have types. It's not groundbreaking. And I think with what Ron Roberts and what uh, coach McGriff wants to do, right now is get a particular type because they're expecting c- to create chaos up front with the linebacker and defensive line play with mm-hmm. that Jack position. Right. So they want guys who have a nose for the football because we're going to give you some opportunities. Do you have a particular type of ball skill? Do you have a particular type of physicality right. on the outside? Because we want to pressure up front. And if we're going to play, you know, uh, man action on the outside, You and, and I watched a little bit of the tape that they posted uh, for, for uh, Anthony on Twitter. And a lot of it, he's playing very aggressive, right? Like, I'm like, I don't know. He might be a little handsy, you know, Mm -hmm. but Hey, I like physical defensive backs that are going to get their hands on a receiver and they're going to make sure that they're not letting them get free releases up the field, or they're going to challenge at the top of the route. I like that kind of stuff, man. That's, that's something that, um, that I really loved about McCrary. McCrary was from the very first time I saw Roger McCrary out there on the field. I was like, Oh, yeah, he likes to get physical with receivers. This is good, right? Because you go, you're gonna you're going to earn every single one of them. Maybe they throw a flag, maybe they don't. Right. Make and, them make a call. Hey, in college, listen, you got
1: coaches here. Wes McGriff is here to coach you up to teach you how to get how to be aggressive and maybe not get called for so much of that. But you're going to be able to to play that way. And in college, it's not going to hurt you nearly as bad as it is during the pros. Yeah. And pro coaches it's will not know, a file. right? It's, it's, yeah, exactly. We're not listening. What? Ten, 10 yards, buddy. The worst I can get. Touchdown. Nope, no touchdown. Let me him you up real quick. All right, cool. 10 yards. You can get that first, but you ain't finna catch it on me. There's advantages to this. I'd rather have a guy who's too aggressive and coach him down from it a little bit than have a guy who doesn't have it and try to coach it into him. But I think that's much
0: harder to do. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I mean, he's got a couple of years of eligibility. I don't know if he's going to play into the scheme this year. That's one thing that's, uh you know, is haven't seen this with Coach Freeze yet, but has been interesting with the JUCO pickups that we've had Mm -hmm. over the last couple of seasons with Auburn. It hasn't been uh, what we've typically had with JUCOs, which is guys who've come in and they've contributed immediately. Like, listen, we had the number one rated JUCO player last year, barely saw the field. Right. Number one JUCO safety. Barely saw the field except right. for maybe some spot duty in special teams. Right. Um, this year we got another JUCO DB. We got you know some other JUCO ballers that are on the team. How much of playing time are they actually going to see? I do anticipate now with this staff that we will see more of those guys because I think again that's part of that's part of the selling point to come to Auburn is come to Auburn and play, mm-hmm. not come to Auburn and compete for a spot. Right, right, right. and and, and uh, apparently they want to be
1: able to match some dynamic passing offenses that they're going to see. And that's one spot for for DB that you don't really have to sell guys that you have to be in the top four to play. No, man, listen, we, we're going to have different packages depending on what right. we see across the other side of the field. You may be the nickel this game. Next game, there might be a, another dude that's a nickel because he has a different skill set. This quarterback is known to do this, and we think you are going to be better on the field for that. You can prep your guys and, and keep them engaged because everybody gets to be involved in not only the game plan, but the actual play on the field. They're getting reps. And at this point, for all the guys who are coming up from JUCO, what do they need? They need exposure. They need to be seen. They need film. If you're going to put these guys in the rotation and put them in a game plan, that's the best case scenario for them. I think it's a lot easier to sell that they're going to play right now than it was 15
0: years ago when you were just going to be playing the runoff game. Yeah, I mean, listen, um, the the dime and nickel packages, the real nickel specifically has become standard for most defenses. You're going to have five DBs out there on the field. Um, uh, Having the hybrids in this day and age is super important because of the way that defenses are being attacked by a lot of these spread out concepts. You need guys who can play in space, but also be able to come up and tackle. Um, The only thing that I've seen in regards to Chancellor Champ uh, Anthony is maybe he needs to be more physically ready for this style of play. So maybe mm-hmm. just get into the weight room. So, you know, listen, they are right now out there doing the summer program and he's going to be able to get on campus immediately and hopefully uh, get his his weight up and, and be able to, to to be ready for the physical rigors that's going to happen in the SEC. But again, I don't know how much he's actually going to be called on to play significant minutes, but it's, it's never bad to have more depth. I am surprised we got more depth in the defensive backfield um, yeah. just because we have so many quality defensive backs. But I do believe that we are officially done now adding guys to the roster. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how all of this shapes up and where people are going to fall in this rotation and depth chart. Um, I, When the first two deep comes out, you know, whatever that's going to oh, look yep. like, it's going to be interesting. I am actually looking forward to just talking to Coach Hugh Freeze about, uh, and Coach Ron Roberts for that matter, about how they anticipate putting out, you know, what a depth chart looks like for this team. And because uh, they've been talking about on the defensive side specifically about how much they want to rotate guys, whether that's D line linebacker or DBs, like at every level they've been talking about rotations and having a a lot of guys in there trying to keep people fresh. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I do think that that's two, one part they want to actually keep guys fresh. Right. And another Mm -hmm. part of wanting to satisfy the, Hey, we, we got you in there for playing time purposes. Right. Um, thing. so we'll see how that kind of shapes up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thinking
1: about, finishing the class with a defensive back. You said we had 42 entries. Mm -hmm. As I think back to the end of last season, I'm trying to think about 42 departures. And honestly, I know we had a few scholarships left, so it wouldn't quite be 42. But I can't remember in real time, like, do I remember 30-something people leaving? Like, I know we had the draft-eligible people who went. Mm -hmm. So that was just under 10, though. Right around 10 altogether between the draftees and the people who didn't get drafted. Uh, it wasn't more than it wasn't too much more than two, maybe eleven, twelve total. But I keep thinking, like, who? What are the other twenty-something
0: players that we lost? Yeah, I mean, so you got to think about the guys that transferred out, right? Like there was right, like right. fifteen of those guys, right? Um, and I don't know how many people just graduated off of the team that didn't apply, didn't try to go to the draft. Uh, but mm, that's true. Too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know, you know, how, how we got so many roster spots available. Yeah, um, that's something that we need to go back and take a look at. But it is going to be interesting to see. Uh, I think it's interesting to see how this team has transformed so much in one off season. Mm-hmm. Um, the product on the field is yet to be displayed, but it is. The, 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 what they have on the roster being so drastically different than what we had on the roster last year. Yeah. It's, and which makes it so, so much more difficult, I think, to predict where this team is going to land because it's nowhere close to the same team. It's, I mean, from, from the coaching staff down to the, the last guy on the roster. Right. It is a complete overhaul of a program in one offseason. Yeah.
1: It is. It is. And for, for all of the, the leeway that, I think you and I, and most of us, were, were, were uh, all four of us were willing to give Brian Harson early on you build a program, here's how it needs to look. If it's going to be slow, it's fine as long as we see improvement. I have rethought <laughs> completely with how fast should this happen? How fast can this happen? Are we going slow just because you like to go slower or because it takes time to build culture and, and get your recruiting style and your type of player in here? Honestly, man, listen, it has turned over very fast. And even now, what I think might be a little more of an indictment of it is the fact that you've got two ACE recruiters on staff here that you had on staff last cycle, mm-hmm. like Cadillac and, and, uh, and of course, coach, coach Etheridge. Ooh, buddy, like they've been here. Etheridge has right. been the, the biggest recruiter for us anyway. Like it really shows a difference in priority. It's like, you right. can recruit. We, we were going to get some talent. If he had one, he would have been able to get more, but the speed is at which this has happened, especially in the second window. where we thought, well, there's nothing out there, Well, look, we may have gotten the starting quarterback in the second window, the yeah. prime pass rusher in the second window. Um, we've got uh, the the deep threat was shorter with shorter with how what his yards per catch. We may have gotten some of the most critical pieces to this team in the second window. I'm like, you know what, hey can crow about Brian Harsin and his tenure all day. There's a difference in culture, but there's a difference in
0: urgency. Hugh Freeze has the urgency that Brian Harsin did not. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's, it is it is night and day, and it's interesting to see it play out uh, for sure. You know, like you said, it's well-documented that we were like, oh, it's going to take time, it's going to take time. If Coach Freeze actually pulls this off, like I said, not just in the turnover of roster, but in the turnover of win, in the win totals mm-hmm. this season, um, Yeah, it sets a bad precedent. I'm not going to lie about that for what you can expect from a coach in the short term. Uh, So to me, it's going to be more about what the year-over-year returns are going to be. Because Mm -hmm. listen, we saw this, we've seen this play out once before as far as a coach comes in and it's a radical change as far as number of wins in their first season. But what does year two, three, and four look like? Uh, relative to that it's going to be super important for me but hey listen I will take this year I'll take lightning in a bottle this year as long as he can figure out where that bottle is capture some more lightning uh, uh, coming up in the next couple of years
1: War Report family you are listening to The Morning Drop where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news we broadcast live from The War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time you're welcome to come watch it live but the live channel Chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Dr- Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's
0: the rest of your morning drop. Drop! AU alum 94, who says, need to put a bit of weight on old champ. Yeah, comes in a little undersized, but uh, hopefully he's got time. Listen, our defensive backfield is, as, as I've mentioned already, is a deep room. So when you've got a lot of depth, you don't have to rush a guy out there on the field. Uh, so hopefully they feel confident with at least four guys already, and this is just going to be some added guys for the future or mm-hmm. for, like I said, nickel packages, dime packages, whatever you want to do for additional DBs on the field. Yeah, yeah, for sure. TK jumps in and says, "Champ Anthony, um, in quotation marks, pirate. He ran a 10.700 meters in high school in Arlington, Texas. So he's got some wheels on got the Jets. It's good to know. Hey, listen, man, our defensive backfield's got a lot of guys with speed." Uh, You know, we've talked about uh, the speed that we have out there with um, Pritchett. TJ, uh, DJ James apparently can move. They said, um, what's my guy's name? Play was DB play safety now. Uh, Um, Simpson. Yeah. Jalen Simpson's got wheels, man. Those guys can actually move out there a lot, man. Uh, So adding some more speed to that room is never going to be a bad thing, especially again, when you want to be in situations where you're pressuring a guy uh, in the pocket and you want him to throw something up for grabs, the guy who can close and, and take something away or, or knock a pass down is going to be crucial when you're giving your guys opportunities. And hopefully we're going to be doing that with that simulated pressure up front. Yeah, for sure. Haley jumps in and says, good morning, fam. Great interview with Andy Burcham. If you guys didn't know, Building Rapport with Andy Burcham is live right now on the channel. So once we're done here with the morning drop, make sure you go over there and check out that interview. Myself and Mike G sat down with Andy Burcham, the voice of Auburn Sports right now. Great interview. Had a great time talking with Andy. Uh, Jonathan Boyson jumps in and says, I'm excited for the pickup, but don't know where he fits on the depth chart
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's what we're trying to figure out as well. Is he somebody you're going to keep in there? I know everybody knows we have guys who are going to be specifically in there to rush the pass. All right, I think it makes sense to him for him to be the fifth to be on the field when you're rushing, when you're rushing the pass. When we are in passing it's thirty-nine. We need to stop. All right, we're going to put our specialty pass rusher on the field. We're going to put a defensive end on the field who hopefully has a is at least very good at at rushing the passer. And then you are going to have a DB back there who is a ball hawk, who has Mm -hmm. the IQ to know what they're going to be lined up in. Our coaching staff has prepared our DBs to know what they like to do on long yardage. And he knows where to be and instinctually gets to the ball. It seems like that's the type of guy he is now. He's got, uh, I think, at least two years left of eligibility. Mm -hmm. This could be a developmental piece. This could be a guy, listen, we want that skill set now, but we know he's going to be even better as we lose a guaranteed NFL quarter in DJ James, as we lose uh, both Pritchett and I think this is Simpsons last year as well. Um, Mm -hmm. You want people in the defensive backfield who know the game, but also have a nose for the ball. We're going to be losing quite a bit of talent, even if we don't, you know, uh, Pritchett's had some of his, his lumps or whatnot, but Keontae Scott has at least one more year of eligibility after this season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we lose Donovan Kaufman, too, after this. Well, we could. He doesn't have to go this year, but he can. Um, we're we're stocking up for the future as well. All right, so we need guys who are going to be in here this year that we'd like who have these skill sets because we can't just reload in the transfer portal and expect all this to smooth itself over with new guys every year. Like, I think some of the guys they've gotten this year can be fantastic developmental pieces, so you don't have to look for your ball hawk cornerback or safety in the next cycle because you want him here already they got to learn new defense like some of that is continuity is important y'all hear me say this all the time continuity is important i really believe that that helps the team be their best selves and help help that talent play to their best so yes we got this guy in here right now even if he doesn't play a whole bunch of snaps for us this year we may be looking at a star in the years to come so um I'm like I want to see where the depth chart is when it comes out,
0: but I'm also looking at some of these guys to get some time this year so they can ball out the next season. Yeah, definitely going to be interesting to see how this all plays out with that. Uh, AULM jumps back in and says Brian Robinson and Junior Rose Green were pretty darn good in uh, reference to. Uh, defensive backs that were out there, kind of ball hawk types. Brian Robinson definitely yeah. would fit the bill for a ball hawk with the number of interceptions he had. Junior Rose Green, not really known for interceptions, but known for patrolling the middle of the field and making defenders, or excuse me, uh, wide receivers pay uh, for that. So, and then he, I mean, he was an interceptions guy too. Don't let, I don't, yeah. don't want to um, make it seem like he wasn't a guy that go out there and get takeaways, but he was an executioner. I, yeah. <laughs> number one role. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> um cm pat comes in and says adding another db makes me wonder how tight is the competition another uh ks other keontae scott oh keontae scott other than keontae scott who's stepping up um so yeah i mean hmm. listen that's interesting thought like where where are we in the competition for the outside corners listen dj james if someone's beating out dj james for an outside corner spot then Good Lord, our defense is amazing. Right. Um, but, you know, Pritchett on the opposite side is a guy who has played a lot of snaps in college football. And, you know, he is somebody who fans are split. Well, actually, I don't know if fans are even split. on The vast majority of what I see for Pritchett is that they don't want him to be yeah. the guy starting on the outside. Which is why Kay and Lee. Lee. yeah, Yeah. KN Lee's is yeah. K. And Lee? the, the young guy who a lot of people are hoping can get some time. Keontae Scott mentioned K and Lee in our interview as the guy who to, to look out for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I liked what JD Rem was doing on the outside um in the few snaps that he was able to get last year. He's another guy who I think plays really physical on the outside as a cornerback. Um I'm trying to think of any other guys that we've got that are out there that I so I think straight up corners safety
1: room. Yeah. Yeah, so so. Osbury's moved to safety. So when I think corner, I think we know DJ James locking down one spot. The other spot, whether they're one or two, um, we got Kay and Lee and we got Nehemiah Pritchett. Now you ask me, who's backing up DJ James? Mm. And I would say, I don't know. I have no idea. JD probably. Probably JD. He was, he was hurt a little bit during the uh, spring, but yeah, probably JD. Okay. So you know what? That that makes more sense now Why you go get another corner. Because this whole time, I'm thinking, we got like six cornerbacks, but I'm thinking, well, Austin Osbury moved over. Jalen Simpson moved over. Oh, well, you know, maybe you do need another cornerback. So that that uh them them targeting a cornerback late cycle makes makes more sense now. Cause I know we
0: got three, but I think about who's yeah, that the, fourth. But the safety room is the one that's like nuts where it's like yeah, it's who, crazy. you only have two safeties, right? I think they're coaching stars and safeties together, right? Mm-hmm. So um Keontae Scott and Um Donovan Kaufman. Guys, who I, I'm pretty sure will be playing some star role for Auburn, yeah, are in the safety room. So that room is a little bit bigger as far as the size. Um, but yeah, the outside corner, they probably do have room for. To, they they had room apparently to pick up another one uh, to get out there and compete for that two deep spot out there. So yeah. All right, Haley jumps back in, saying it's clear Coach Harson simply didn't believe recruiting was his job. Yeah, I, I I see
1: that evidence now from seeing again the effort that Hugh Freeze places on recruiting. And not not just from, of course, we told this story, but during our interview, he said, Okay, <laughs> no, I, I edited the audio on the interview, right? So before he signed off, before we signed off, and Mike was like, All right, you guys, thanks Hugh Freeze for, for talk, coach Hugh Freeze for talking to us. It's been the war Report.'" As soon as we said, thanks for talking to us, coach. He said, all right, you guys, I, I got to go recruit. He was like, wait, coach, we got to sign off. We need you here so we can actually end the interview. Listen, man, he, he is not playing about it. Every time I see an, an a recruit interviewed, he says, man, coach you Freeze is hit me up every day. The coach, the position coach, he's like, between the position coach, the coordinator, and coach you Freeze, I'm hearing from all of these guys, at least between them, I'm hearing from Auburn every day. That's a type of effort that I did not pick up on. I didn't see it. I can't say absolutely that it wasn't happening, but no, uh, we didn't see. The- well, it definitely wasn't ha- happening from the head coaching standpoint,
0: right? right? From, I don't yeah. know what the coordinators and position coaches were doing, but the head coaches, the head, I, I, listen, and that—that's not disrespect to Brian Harson. He—he right. would tell you himself he wasn't on the phone with recruits every day. Right. 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 So
1: the effort, like the, the effort, the in, in intentional nature of, I need these guys to be here. Something that was very interesting. There was a, um, it was an interview by one of the, I cannot remember the service. If I could, I would, I would name it to, to give the right of credit. But what the player said was, oh yeah, Auburn's, Auburn's coming after me hard. I, they are determined to get the best players down there no matter what. Auburn is relentless after me right now. I can't tell you the last time I heard that. They basically said, oh, no, they want all the great players. They want all the good players. I'm hearing from them. I'm definitely coming back. All these things that we weren't hearing. A lot of the stuff from from players is coach speak. Well, not coach speak. It's player speak, right? Recruit speak. Things mm-hmm. that they are going to say to say com- stay complimentary because they don't really make their choice until later, so they're keeping it under wraps and just being nice to everybody.
0: Man, it, it's different. It's definitely different. It's definitely different. Yeah, definitely a clear difference here. (laughs) James Sawyer jumps in. He said, then we still have Tyler Scott coming in. So true, true freshman Tyler Scott. Uh, JC Hart, another guy who plays defensive back, likely will be playing wide receiver, which I don't know now that we've gotten two additional wide receivers, whether or not he's going to slot into the wide receiver room for Auburn. Uh, But it is going to be interesting to see where that plays out as well you know, we talked about outside corners, uh, Keontae Scott, though he plays the star has the ability to play the outside, but because it's a different room and being coached by a different person, I'm not actually sure how, how likely that probability is for him. I do think that the, the thing for him right now is they want him to be that star corner mm. playing in the slot and, and kind of being able to play in the box. It's kind of like a box safety type. So, uh, I don't know how likely it is that Scott is going to do that, but, um, but yeah, uh I think we've got a lot of talent to compete at all of the places. It's it's refreshing to be able to look at your roster and say I don't know who's going to play at this spot and not feel bad when you're saying that, right? And uh, saying it to say the outside corner. ah, man, we got a we got some a few good options. I wouldn't be mad at any of these guys playing there. Yeah. Safety. Oh man, we got a few good options there. I wouldn't be mad at any of these guys playing linebacker now Mm -hmm. got a few good options i wouldn't be like it's not a clear cut this person is heads and tails better than everybody else which is where you want to get to where you're like oh no this is the guy right 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 right. dj james we know he's the guy Mm -hmm. right you know that jarquis hunter is the guy Mm -hmm. right um but the wide receiver room there's a lot of guys who's like i don't really know who the guy is there right and so we need to be able to get that in a couple of spots Uh, Along the offensive line, you want to have a guy, but you still want to know that whoever's coming in behind that person is going to be serviceable um, to be able to to fill in for that. But I feel like we have more quality depth in all of the rooms across the board where I don't feel a sense of panic if this guy goes down, that room is doomed. Right, right. We finally feel like we've got I don't know that there's a room that, that I feel that way about.
1: Yeah, well, t- TBD on the offensive line because we know we've got tr- one true really good left tackle and that appears to be Dylan Wade. And again, I'm, I I base a lot of that on what uh, Cole Kubelik had to say about him. I don't know if we have another good, really good left tackle. They put um, Britton, who came over from Western Kentucky, they put him at right tackle. He did play left tackle for us. We kind of got the best of him when we played him. So mm-hmm. if he couldn't stand up to and uh, a decent or or at times a mediocre Auburn defensive line last year? I don't know what chance he has left tackle um, here playing for us. So I think they may have him at the right spot at right tackle. Do we have another true left tackle? That's where I start to worry depth. We may have a better starting offensive line. Depth on the offensive lines, particularly at the tackle positions, is still a question mark.
0: All right. Well, listen. We, a lot to be determined here as we get into summer workouts. We're gonna try to get you more coverage from more of the players, so you can hear their thoughts on how things are going. We're out of here. We'll see you guys the next time. As always, War Eagle. Ace, Ace. Drive.